Welcome to the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast, where we make retirement planning easy and enjoyable. Discover practical advice to create a retirement strategy that fits your lifestyle and budget. Get ready for market updates, intriguing finance headlines, book reviews, special guests, and inspiring case studies. So grab your favorite cup of coffee and join us at the table as we talk about everything finance and retirement. We're here to support you in achieving the retirement of your dreams. Let's jump right in. Hey, Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent, Nick. How are you? Fantastic. Little uh, podcast before the storm today. Winter before is here. Before the storm. <laughs> the bleak midwinter. We are here. If we survive, this podcast will uh, get pushed out to the uh, listening public. <laughs> if not. <laughs> yeah. Let's get buried in. Yep. Huddled <laughs> around our stoves. Gotta love it. Uh, Today's topic, Dave, on a more serious note, is we are going to review some of the headlines from December. Well, December, and I think a few of these spill over here into early January, but this is, what, our third installment here, our third month of uh, highlighting some of the better things we've seen out there for consumer financial planning. So our listeners don't have to read the whole article. We'll do the library for you. <laughs> right. Just stick to the headlines. Well, we'll tell you I, I like to think they'll, they'll read the whole article, but they'll uh, they'll be able to ignore all the other garbage that's out there. I like it a lot. Yeah. So uh, our first headline, Dave, is actually, no surprise here, from the Wall Street Journal. And it is actually about charitable donations. This is the time of the year where we see a lot of these articles about charitable donations, a lot of people trying to get their year-end donations in for tax purposes. Um, so a lot of different stuff coming out in regards to charities. Uh, what I like about this one is... Uh, it really talks a lot about how to donate, not necessarily the mechanics of it or how you might save in taxes, but how to learn about some of these charities, how right. to make sure you're, you know, yes, you want to give your money away. And yes, there's some tax incentives a lot of times, but also you don't want it to just go to waste. So how do you think about and vet some of these charities that are out there? And that's a good reason to include it, even though we're we're past year end here. Is that this is this is the kind of thinking that should go on all the time. If you're mm-hmm. if you're charitably inclined, be be cognizant of where your money's going. So there's there's some tools in this article on how to how to evaluate charities and how to how to think about where your money's going. Yeah, so there's a couple different uh, online resources to learn about charities. Charity Navigator is a big one. There's also, uh, it's called Candid, uh, which I don't personally have a lot of experience with. Um, And then the third one is just your local community foundation. It usually has a really good pulse on you know, what are some good charities? What charities do they kind of support and follow? Yeah. Um, so reaching out to them might also be a really good idea. And all three of our uh, major communities where we have clients have very strong community foundations, Ann Arbor, yeah. Lansing Community Foundation, and then the Straits Area Foundation up here in, in the north part of the state. So our next article is also kind of in the same vein. I don't think we've talked about this one before, Dave. It is from the Wall Street Journal. And there was... The Wall Street Journal bureau chief, not entirely yes. sure what that means, but it sounds really cool. Uh, Stephen Yoder and his wife, Karen, started a series after Stephen retired 
Uh, and it just kind of follows a newly retired couple and kind of some of the things that they are thinking about and going through. Right. So for our about to be retirees or recent retirees, I think it's a really good um, resource to kind of follow along with some of the similar things that you're probably experiencing. Um, but it's just yeah. kind of a, a firsthand account of the decisions they're making and the obstacles. And this one was along the lines of charitable donations, and right. how to think about that, and what to give and how to think through some of that stuff. This has been an interesting series. I think this was the third article in this series yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it's been it's been ongoing i've been trying to keep track and uh yeah you know because it's a common it hits on a common theme we see from new clients they want to be charitably inclined but they're also trying to balance that against their basic retirement spending needs and so these are Mm -hmm. these are just good little practical you know, not everybody's situation is going to match up to Steve and his wife, Karen, but it, at least right. we get a glimpse into like real world decision making from some folks that have put a lot of thought into it. I, I love it for that. I thought it was super interesting. One of the things in there he, they were talking about is, well, our financial advisor told us we could give away twice as much, but we're not really quite sure that we actually want to do that. <laughs> right. Right. Well, yeah, you know, and, and we run into that with folks. Well, you know, what they have in their head is being appropriate. And what they can actually afford to do are not necessarily the same thing. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, but it's about priorities. And we've also, we also see that change with clients over time too, as, as they get more comfortable with their own retirement spending, suddenly realizing, hey, this money's got to go somewhere, right? Right. Yeah. So it is going to last, I probably, you know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Much right. easier a couple of years into retirement than when you first start, right, for sure. Right. But you got to start somewhere. So, so this next one's from Morningstar and this one just kind of caught me. I, th- I put this one on here. It's from Madeline Hume. She's a CFA. She usually writes. So she's a chartered financial analyst, the, you know, fancy designation for like knowing how to analyze the markets and, and stocks. Mm-hmm. And, and she writes for Morningstar in that capacity. But this was this was more of a personal essay, and I liked it because she hit on she was talking about why she wanted to become a chartered financial analyst, and a lot of it had to do with what we refer to as money scripts. And we talk about mm-hmm. that a lot, but like how your formative experiences with money drive your outlook on money throughout your life. And she tied it back into her career choice and wanting to understand why the markets worked the way they did and why certain people had certain outcomes and why her family had been a certain way. You know, it, it's just kind of a, it's, it's not a long read, but it's, it's just kind of an interesting take. Yeah, I like that a lot. You know, when you think of CFA, at least when I think of CFAs, I think of like Wall Street running hedge funds. You know, you think of most of those people getting into it to make money. Yeah, not I won't tell Mario you said that, but yeah. <laughs> not necessarily too um, because of a, of a money script yeah. about wanting to understand how the markets work. So that's Yeah, and wanting to know why her family struggled. The next one, we we go back to the Wall Street Journal again, but uh, this one I thought was very um, timely here, especially even now as people are getting their December statements, seeing that the third, fourth quarter of 2023 was was really a fantastic quarter for stock market and bond market returns, right? And we have Mm -hmm. this, you know, we talk about behavioral problems in 
investing, usually we're talking about it in the context of people see bad results and so they make bad moves because of that. But you've got to be aware too that, you know, seeing outsized good results can be bad behaviorally too. Because yeah. we don't want to ch- we don't want to chase returns just because things have been good recently. It doesn't mean they can't, you know, what goes up must revert to the mean at some point, right? My like the the main catch line in the in the article from my point of view was don't let your self-worth balloon along with your net worth. Don't let your ego think that all of a sudden you're a brilliant investor able to beat the markets and nothing bad is right. going to happen because a rising tide raises all ships, right? I think we used this Charlie Munger quote of a few weeks ago again that ego is the 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 biggest foible in investing. And don't yeah. get it. Don't get out over your skis. I think that's super interesting, and kind of the thing that reminds me of too. Well, one of the other, you know, the other side of it is obviously the overconfidence piece, but also like listening to your neighbor tell you about how mm-hmm. great they're doing. And the thing yeah. that comes to my <laughs> mind right now, because I watched a lot of uh, TV and sports over the last couple of weeks, is the ETF QQQ investing in mm-hmm. the uh, Nasdaq oh, yeah, 100, yeah. and like, yeah. You know, if your neighbor has that, I'm sure you haven't heard the end of it because it was probably oh, right. like 58 percent. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you don't want to, you know, jump ship either because of uh, performance and things yeah. like that. Yeah, as well. well you I don't know, know what it's done this year, but I'm sure it's a lot worse. <laughs> it's it's why it's why you and I, you know, we always cringe a little bit in in good quarters because we know we're going to get people thanking us as though you know, <laughs> <laughs> Nick, you were you were brilliant this quarter. You know, the model right. that you've had me. In for years, <laughs> you know. But anyway, we digress. So, just yeah, good stuff. A lot of that Thanks going around now. Mind. This after last year too. So, but yeah, yeah. definitely uh, yeah. stick to your plan if nothing else. Right. Another piece from Morningstar. This one more fact based. Just pointing out some of the things that are changing for 2024 for retirement planning. Um, you know that there'll be some higher higher thresholds for taxes and um, contributions and contribution limits changing, and uh, some technical things like no longer having RMDs for Roth 401ks, things like that that we should be aware of. Yeah, nothing crazy happening or changing this year, but there's definitely a couple things um, to think through and, and to look at. So always good to uh, see what's changing on a yearly basis this time of year, especially, you know? Yeah. Cause if you wait until, you know, December, it's a little too late to in- implement some of those things. Start the year running. Uh, the next one, Dave looks like another wall street journal article about how much house I can afford. What seems to be a moving target these days with interest. Right. Right. Prices not- so walk us through that one. We see a lot of headlines right now about how frustrated young home buyers or wannabe home buyers are. And, um, you know, I think one of the most common questions I've gotten over the years when a client says to me, hey, can you talk to my son or daughter? It's because they want to, they're looking at buying a house. That's usually the first thing. And so this, this article was a great piece that doesn't just focus on what's going on today, but just kind of has those timeless, like, here's how to think about buying a house. And uh, I, I, I saved the link before I posted it on here thinking, next time I get this question, I'm just going to send this as a, because it, it really hits all the bases. It talks about the ratios 
to make sure that your housing payments are affordable, what banks are going to look at, how to figure out what role housing should play in your budget, a couple different methods. And one of the big things is how interest rates affect what you can afford and what your payments mm-hmm. are going to be. Because that's what, that's what the big angst has been the last 20, well, 18 months anyway, is that now that interest rates are higher, payments are going to be higher. And so by and large, you can afford less house now because your payment will be bigger. So good stuff to think about. It's going to apply whether rates stay where they are, go back down, whatever happens to the housing market. It's the basic tried and true things to think about. Are you feeling overwhelmed when it comes to planning for your retirement? Do you want simple, relatable information you can use today to plan for tomorrow? Check out the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast, hosted by Dave and Nick, certified financial planners with Shotwell Rudder Bear Financial Planners. They make retirement planning easy and enjoyable. Discover practical advice to create a retirement strategy that fits your lifestyle and budget. Get ready for market updates, intriguing finance headlines, book reviews, special guests, and inspiring case studies. So grab your favorite cup of coffee and join them at the table as they talk about everything finance and retirement. Go to srbadvisors.com or search for Kitchen Table Finance wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, I like that because, you know, if you're coming in, I mean, the ratios are one thing. We talk about it quite frequently on this podcast. Like That's a good rule of thumb, but it's not for mm-hmm. everybody, right? Like no. Just because... No. You know, you want your debt to income to be in it. Well, I guess well, I mean, if you're pushing up on the top end of where your bank is going, tell I don't you. know if we can get this done. I'm telling yeah. you it's too high because they're going to tell right. you way higher than you should do. Right. So right. if you're butting up against that limit, then you probably need to rethink it. I'll tell you the number one advice that I give for people that are walking through like making a housing change or buying a house is figure out your budget, right? Like what is it now? And what are you going to like then put in that new mortgage payment, right? And that new escrow payment and and start adjusting, right? So that you can really kind of wrap your mind around, well, you know, for example, we have $500 a month going into our vacation fund. If we buy this new house, that's going to go down to 200. Is that, you know, is that going to be enough for us? Is it worth it to buy this new house? Mm-hmm. And really maybe even go as far as like living on that new budget for a couple of months just to make sure that it, you know, you're going to be able to do it and you're still going to be happy with those results before you actually go ahead and sign up for that and buy that house. Because what happens all too often is people do it the opposite way, right? They're like, okay, the bank says we can qualify for this. So we buy the house and then all of a sudden we got to figure out how that, how to adjust things after the fact. And by that point, it's too late, right? So our next article um, comes to us from Forbes and that is retirement planning is more than financial planning. Uh, which is kind of right in line with things that we say on this show very, very often. (laughs) Um, And so the article kind of talks about how finances are crucial. Uh, But if you only consider finances, it just becomes this hub around which your life Mm -hmm. revolves. And so instead of focus on building your life around the best version of yourself is really a way to um, kind of put things in proper perspective, right? So money is a tool, not the end-all be-all of retirement planning. So you should worry so much about making sure that you're kind of fitting into this box of your retirement plan. But like, what are you going to do to enjoy life? What are you going to do to right. enjoy retirement? Right. And I tell people all the time, you spend what, 30, 
plus years saving for retirement and you spend about 30 minutes thinking about what that actually means and what you're going to do in retirement. (laughs) And that's probably a pretty good estimate, right? So like, let's flip that around. Let's think about what's truly important to you, what you want to accomplish. And then we can kind of fit the finances into that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the mathematical approach isn't always the best. It's not always about maximizing or figuring out how to maximize the amount of income you have. It's more about maximizing your life enjoyment, really. Um, And so this Forbes article goes through a lot of kind of those similar concepts, uh, which I thought was really good. Yeah. and, and, And he also makes good comments about how to think about uncertainty. You don't, you don't know exactly what tax rates are going to be. You don't, we, you know, we deal with this sometimes where people want, you know, a spreadsheet that calculates out what their account balance is going to be on December 31st, 2042. Right. And it, 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 that's just, that's just not useful financial planning. So I thought this was a good practical approach to that side of it too. It's, you, it, it captures that the essence of both of those things that it's, it is about, it is about money to a point, but don't try to put too fine a point on it at the same time. The next article is actually a press release from the uh, state of Michigan where there is going to be a state tax rebate credit for electric or hybrid vehicles. Um, and it just kind of depends on where your what vehicle it is in terms of how much you can actually qualify. It's anywhere from twenty five hundred to a thousand dollars, and it's not just electric; it's also new internal combustion vehicles as well. So there's yeah. about twenty five million dollars in the budget, and the rebates will continue until they run out of money. So I guess if you're in the car market, yeah. now's, now's your chance. <laughs> go get go get some of your state tax money back. Yep. That's right. Before it's all gone. <laughs> so that was another uh, article that's been out there, been in the press a little bit as well. There's also electric vehicle credits from uh, on federal taxes as well. Um, I think we actually have a link to some of that stuff as well. We can throw in the show notes okay. if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So. Um, I think there's about $7,500 that uh, you can qualify for there as well. So let's see. Last but not least, we've got uh, Paul Merriman about uh, the three ways investors are tricked. Six ways to protect yourself. Yeah, I I like Paul Merriman. And this is is, um, the link we'll post is to his website, but it's a reprint of uh, an article he did for MarketWatch um, back in November. And yeah, he basically, he talks about three ways that uh, investors get fooled and, and he doesn't mean like Bernie Madoff fooled necessarily, (laughs) but uh, you know, when we're not like, I I would rephrase it as ways we're not realistic with ourselves or that we fall for lesser things than, than, you know, the, the uh, Bernie Madoff kind of uh, scams. But uh, the first one being, you know, it's really easy to get facts turned around and and what history really means. And he walks through some different ways, like looking at the same data for different time periods gets you very different impressions about what different parts of the market have done. I thought that was really interesting for for folks that don't deal with this stuff on a day-to-day basis. It kind of gives you an idea of, of how complex it can get real fast. 
We also fool ourselves. And we talk about that quite a bit too, all the behavioral issues we have, how our brain works with money that gets in our own way. We often only hear what we want to hear when we're talking about investments. I've, I always joke with clients, you know, or not clients necessarily, but, you know, we'll be talking to somebody else. Oh, you, you work in investments. Oh yeah. You know, I bought XYZ last year and blah, 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 blah. And I, my response is, you know, that's great. What was your worst investment over the last you know, because <laughs> I never want to talk about that, right. you know, and I, oh, yeah. and, and I don't, you know, I'm not quite that crass about it, but you get the, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We always hear, we always hear the good side, not the bad side. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, you know, our brains want to fill in gaps in knowledge with what we hope rather than what we know. So if you right. see a fact, you, and we do this, we do this so subconsciously every time we hear a story in the news, right? We, we read a headline and we don't know the whole story, but our mind immediately is filling in the gaps based on our own experience. And we need to make sure we don't let that happen when we're thinking about our investments. And the last way is that we get fooled by slick marketing. You know, Wall Street is very, very good. Wall Street and the insurance companies and all of those folks are very, very good at playing on our own predilections to just hear what we want to hear. And, yeah. and, you know, mutual fund statistics are, you know, it's really easy to make things look good, but we're only looking at the survivors, right? They don't, they don't talk about all the, all the stuff that went wrong. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, and, and Paul reminds us that those performance numbers usually are leaving out sales charges and commissions and all the other things that need to be factored mm -hmm. in. And, Usually when we hear about investments, it's after the price has moved up, after they've done great. And we know right. how that works, right? Buy low, sell high, but nobody comes to your door with a mutual <laughs> fund that just lost 60% last right. year and actually right. buy it, right? Where, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, what he, he reminds us, stick to the basics and stick to a diversified portfolio and ignore short-term performance and you know paul has a has a real knack for writing about that stuff in a way that everyday people can uh, digest so i love it if you're not sure about that hire someone to do that stuff for you and work with them <laughs> how's that for we a, might know for some people right <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's yeah. right so all right. Good stuff, as always. Lots of stuff out there in the news, um, but hopefully we will post these um, links to these articles if you want to dig into them. This is kind of the good that we found in December, early January. So take a look. And if you have an article you want us to take a look at, feel free to shoot it over to us at info at srbadvisors.com. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.